Hey, good morning. Welcome to Encounter Church. I'm so glad you guys are here. This is a clap for you. God bless you. Hey, I wanted to take just a couple of minutes just to say hello and to introduce myself and to welcome you first off. Because I've actually been in your shoes. I can remember visiting a church and they just kind of started off of the music for the very first time. And I, I left and I felt like I didn't really get to know the pastor or anybody there. And so right off the bat, I just wanted to take a couple of minutes just to share a little bit about me and Encounter Church. And then uh, we'll start with some worship. And I have uh, hopefully a special word from God for you and for right where you are in your life. Well, if I haven't told you yet, if I haven't got to meet you, I'm Rick Julian. I'm the pastor of Encounter Church, a new church starting right here at Avalon Regal Cinemas where you are. Thank you guys for coming today. My wife is here, Miss Rachel Julian. She's the best part of me. Stand up, darling. Let them see you. This is my wife, Rachel. She's not first lady. She's not. <laughs> she's just Rachel. All right. But uh, at my house, she is queen. She's queen of my house, not first lady of the house, but she does reign. Hey, I'm so glad that you came. I, if, when you leave here, there's three things I want you to know about me personally. One is I love my family. I have an amazing wife. We've been, uh, we've been married 13 years. And one of the neat things about uh, my wife, we actually met in seminary. I've, I was studying, I was getting my master's of divinity, which is a pastor's degree, right? Rachel was working on her master's in marriage and family therapy. The Lord knew that I needed to marry a therapist. She's given me great counseling these past 13 years, and it's been amazing. We have two children, Abigail, who is 11, and Brooks, who is 8. And you're going to hear lots of stories about them. There's always stories about my wife and my family and my messages. I really try to be very real, and I share with you from my heart what's happening in my life and through our life. As a matter of fact, um, I, I love my family sometimes to a fault. You know, we all have idols. Some people worship money. Some people worship things. And sometimes I have to check myself because I think sometimes I might worship my, my family. As a matter of fact, I also have another special family member that's here today, my mother-in-law, uh, Winellen Huff. Will you raise your hand, Winnie? She hates attention. She's waving it right there in that green coat. Um, she's very humble. That's my mother-in-law. She came here all the way from Germantown, Tennessee, outside of Memphis. Winellen, thank you for coming today and for loving us. You are a pretty special lady. Thank you. Uh, so that's my family, and I love, I love my family. We actually just moved here. We've been here uh, about a year. I moved, we moved here from New York City. And the reason we moved here is Alpharetta has a special needs school. It's called the Lionheart School, and I have a daughter with special needs. And quite honestly, um, we were losing her in, in New York. And so we had to make a life-changing decision. We could stay at a church we planted right outside of New York City that was thriving and growing. We started with about 30 families and reached about 600 over five years. And while our ministry was thriving, our home life was crumbling because of our daughter. She was just uh, tanking kind of mentally and emotionally. And so we moved here to save our family. I'm a pastor. I feel called. And so I felt like I couldn't give up God's calling on my life. And so here you see it today. I just feel called to preach God's word and to love people and to coach them and help them through life. Maybe share some biblical lessons and some personal lessons. And so that's what has brought us here. I love my family and I love the Lord. My family leans on God. We, I lean on him personally. He's my everything. He has gotten me through so much in my, in my life. As a child, I've seen God's hand move and he provided for me in incredible ways. 
I'm a very real, authentic person. I, I don't know if any of you are, are here, but I'm a foster child. And by the grace of God, I was raised by foster families that loved Jesus and valued education and made sure that I was at school every day and made sure that I was at church every time the doors were opened. So I was there on Wednesday night for Wednesday night meals and, uh, and choir and RAs and you name it. I was in it, right? I love the Lord. He changed my life through those families, and I love the local church. In some ways, I feel like I was raised by RA teachers and Sunday school teachers and a youth pastor. I grew up in First Baptist Church, Taylor, South Carolina. That's where I'm from. On the website, there's a video that tells you about this, so I didn't want to bore you by showing you again today. But if you go to our website, you can see this story on there, and that church changed my life. As a matter of fact, the um, Sunday school teachers would take me out for cheeseburgers afterwards and just tell me that I could go to college and that I could get a scholarship. And they just dreamed visions. They just kind of talked vision into my life to help me see something bigger than I was. And so the local church has made a difference in my life. And I believe it can make a difference in yours. If you're not a part of a local church, I'll tell you this. It can change your life. It can change your family. It can change your marriage. It can change your children. God can do anything. Jesus died for the local church. And I just think it still works. And he still moves. And I pray today. That through the birth of Encounter Church, that he'll speak to you right where you are and to your family and to your working situation and to what's happening in your health. And I hope just like me, that the local church will be so essential and impactful that you'll be forever changed and that you'll want to be a part of it. I tell you, when men and women are part of a church, something bigger than themselves, incredible things can happen. True story. This week... Um, We had a water leak that turned into mold, and we actually had to move out of our house this week. You want to know who was moving things down my steps? People who have helped us start this church. Jay Silcott right there running sound. Jason Furtak and his family of six who were on vacation this week came right over. And they're helping us move things. And uh, the Furtak said, hey, we're on vacation. Live in our house. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I pray that you have men and women like the Silcots and the Furtacks who just come. They just come and say, hey, we're here. God, you know, we're here to do life with you. You're not alone. We love you. God cares about you. That's the type of church Encounter Church is. I'm the type of pastor who uh, is hands-on. I'm kind of lead by example. We can charge that hill. You know, I played college football, and I'm just kind of one of those guys who, who just wants to be the first up the hill. This morning, you know, I'm, uh, you know, kind of back in my Tahoe up to the trailer. So I pull the trailer here. We unload. I'm in my T-shirt and jeans, uh, plugging up and pulling and sweating. And quite honestly, I'm a sweat bomb underneath this. Before I change, I'm still sweating through. I have the, a kind of a gift of service. So I'm just one of those guys who just serves. And so I vision a church. Just imagine a church that gives itself away locally to the state, to the nation, and to the world. So this year, just to kind of get our first 30, we've done sports camps in Alpharetta. You can see that on our website and some pictures. And we've just loved kids. And three came to a saving faith in Jesus through our sports camp. We did free gift wrapping here at the Avalon, just wrapped gifts for free. And people said, can we pay you? We said, no, just please tell people there's a church here that loves them and cares about them and send them our way. We did an egg hunt and gave out... Uh, 
uh, 5,000 eggs here at Easter and people were trying to pay us. We said, no, it's absolutely free. We just want you to know that God loves you and cares about you in a practical way. Yesterday, we're knocking on doors and giving away free encounter cups and just having conversations with Buddhists and Hindus and people who are far away from God. And I didn't jam the Bible down their throat. I just tried to listen and tell, you, tell them that I love them, that God cares about them, that there's a church that's here, that when they need it, to please think of us and remember us. And by the way, I just tell them I'm Pastor Rick. If I can ever help you, please let me know. And I gave them a card. And so I'm a church. We're a church that just reaches out locally. We reach out across the state, the nation, and the world. If you go to our website, you'll see my, you'll see my heart. When there's a flood in Denver, I took a team and we went. And we just did mud outs. Hurricane Sandy hit my home, hit my state of New York where we church planted. And we spent really like just five weeks doing mud outs with, for Hurricane Sandy. And I, I just love, I kind of I love what's called, you know, not rescue, but disaster relief. I love international missions. I, I'm scheduled to go to El Salvador this summer to dig a well for a community that is dying without clean water. They drink dirty water. It gives you dysentery. It makes you sick. They don't understand what germs are, so they wash their dishes with dirty water. They don't know how to brush their teeth, so we go, we teach hygiene, and we tell them that Jesus is the living water. And there's nothing more powerful than that message after we just dug a well. It's life-changing. So there's room for 12 or 11, because I'm going. If 11 of you would like to go, you can sign up. There's information in your worship guide. But that's who we are as a church. Um, beside me is a man with that same heart. This is Mac Vaughn. He's our worship leader. He's moving here from Petal, Mississippi. Mac's a talented, amazing man. Now that you've gotten to know me, I hope that you'll get to know Mac through his heart. I'd like to just uh, pray for us. And uh, Mac's going to lead us in a couple of songs. And I hope that you'll know that the man or woman or boy or girl beside you, I hope that you know that we're all here to worship Jesus, who died on the cross, saved you and me from our sin. That is worthy of praise. And he can do anything in your life. He's still working. He's still moving. And he can still change your life. That is a God to be praised today. He's here. He was here before you got here. He's here now. He is God of all things and he is God. He's God, and he still sits on his throne. Let's pray. God, we come to you knowing it's you who we need. And Lord, we just uh, tell you today that if there's anything that's between us and you, we're sorry. And we ask that you would forgive us, give us a clean heart, and make us new. Lord, we just turn to you. Lord, on this day when we start a brand new church, we pray for helpers. We pray for laborers. We pray for people who are called. Called to be something bigger than themselves. Who want to be on a mission. That when they die, that they know that their life mattered for something. Lord, I pray for families that will one day be involved in Encounter Church. That their children will remember the day that mom and dad were pushing and pulling carts. Setting up sound systems and play areas. Lord, I pray that for moms and dads who will want their teens to be leaders. That maybe their teens will be teaching little children one day. And Lord, I pray that as their children, their teens just see that. That you'll just bring leaders to Encounter Church and Alpharetta Fulton and Forsyth. And I pray, Lord, for a great work of God. Not for a great pastor, because I'm not. There's nothing great about me. You're great. And Lord, I pray that men and women who are full of you will come to this place. Make a difference in this community, in their homes, 
that men will stand up and lead their homes, that ladies, just through your discernment and your wisdom, will be great leaders and, and just charge the hill. Lord, we love you. We give you this morning and this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mac Vaughn, everybody, give him a round of applause. Mac, welcome. We're glad you're here. If you guys would mind standing with me, please. See the words of your hand, the galaxy spinning, a heavenly dance. Oh God, all that you are is so overwhelming. I hear the sound of your voice. All at once it's a gentle and thundering noise, oh God, all that you are is so overwhelming, and I delight myself in you, captivated by your beauty, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you, God, I run into your arms, none ashamed because of mercy, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by I know the power of your cross Forgiven and free Forever you'll be my God All that you've done Is so overwhelming And I delight myself in you In the glory of your presence I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you, God, I run into your arms, none ashamed because of mercy, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by You are beautiful, you are beautiful, oh God, there is nothing more beautiful, you are beautiful, God, you are the most beautiful, you are wonderful, you are wonderful, oh God, there is no one more wonderful. You are wonderful, God, you are the most wonderful. You are glorious, you are glorious, oh God, there is no one more glorious. You are glorious, 
God, you are the most glorious. Not delight myself in you, in the glory of your presence. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. God, I run into your arms, unashamed because of mercy. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you.
how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Amen. Let's pray. God, you are great, and we are so grateful that we live in a country where we can sing your praise openly and freely. You are good and you are faithful. I thank you so much for uh, drawing us all here just to gather together to worship you, to learn more about you. I pray for every person in this room that their hearts may be open and their minds may be open just to receive what it is you have for them today. I pray all of this in your name. Amen. Good morning. Y'all can have a seat. Good morning. Let's try it one more time. Good morning. Oh, yay. We're waking up. Uh, If you're still struggling, there is still coffee out. You can go grab some. Um, I am Rachel. I'm married to the pastor. I'm married to Rick, and we're so glad that you guys are here. Uh, When you came in, you got one of these nifty-looking bulletins. There is a side pocket right here folded in. If y'all all, all, we like everybody to fill them out. Um, We love to pray over you guys. We do. We pray over every single prayer request. There's a place for prayer requests. There's a place place to mark um, if you have questions about the church. So if you would rip that out when the offering plate comes around, just drop that in. We do not stalk you, uh, but we do pray for you. And if you want us to reach out to you, please indicate that as well. Um, now that I've had y'all sit down, we are going to do the extrovert's favorite part of the service and the introvert's least favorite. We're going to talk to strangers. So if everybody will stand up, turn to someone you don't know, and tell them what the last movie that you saw was. Hey, board guys, sound. I will cry. 
my eyes above the waves When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace For I am yours, you are mine Grace abounds in deepest waters, your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you never fail and you won't start now. Call upon your name And keep my eyes above the waves When oceans rise My soul will rest in your embrace For I am yours You are mine
Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for every single person that's here. And it's just evidence of how you work because none of this works without you. And uh, all this is for you. And just thank you for this opportunity, God. And just I pray that each and every person that's here, that they hear from you and that you would use us, God. Uh, I pray that they don't see me up here singing. I pray that they don't see Rick preaching, but they hear you through the songs and through the words that's spoken. So thank you for this opportunity, and I pray for Rick as he comes and speaks to us. Amen. Suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was sleeping. So the disciples came and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to die. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, you of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds the sea obey Hey, great job, Jesse. Thank you for doing that. This guy, and uh, this young man with a hat and glasses on <laughs> did that. Jesse, thank you. I appreciate that. Good job. Storms. Storm surge. This is our new series. We're going to be talking about this over the next few weeks. I'm going to be looking at some of the, the great biblical storms, and we're going to learn some incredible lessons from characters uh, that, uh, that have really risen out of a storm and have, have kind of learned to thrive in life from that. And so this week, I hope you'll join me. The first two weeks, we're going to look at some of Jesus's first two storms and miracles that take place from the life of Christ. We're going to look at Noah. We're going to look at Jonah. We're going to look at some great characters. So I hope you'll, uh, you'll join us as, as we go through this series called Storm Search. This week is part one, obviously. And the, today's title is called Turning the Tide. You know, it doesn't matter what you're going through. We all can kind of view storms a certain way. We, there's different types of storms. There's different forms of storms. And I want to talk to you really about the first part of storming. I want us to understand what it means and what we're talking about. Because you can actually be in a storm and also in a storm. It's been about 18 months that I was in a storm that was in a storm. Have you ever been a part of one of those? That you were in a storm that was in a storm? As a matter of fact, uh, my family had, had just moved to Alpharetta. For this special school for my daughter, the Lionheart School, which is just about a mile from here. We wanted to try an experiment to see if it could help our daughter. So I continued pastoring in, in New York while we could tell if this was going to work out or not. And I had an amazing church. They're like, we want what's best for your daughter, pastor. And so I was basically my own interim pastor, if you will. And so I would fly home every week for a couple days just to see the family. So I, I will never forget it. It was the storm that stopped Hotlanta. You remember the storm that stopped Hotlanta? 
It was unbelievable. I thought I saw a snowstorm coming. And I remember thinking to myself, I better fly out a little early because I'm not having problems with the snow in New York. I might have problems with the snow in Atlanta. So I got up as early as I could. I took the 6 a.m. flight out of LaGuardia, called an early train. I caught the 4.30 train to kind of get to LaGuardia in time. I made my flight. I got into the ATL. I called my wife. And what does she say? Rick, the storm has struck. I said, what do you, what do you mean? She said, well, uh, you know, there's a storm coming. And as, as a matter of fact, the roads have shut down. I said, you're kidding me. She said, I can't come get you. I said, well, I, I'm, I'm about to get on the MARTA. You can't just pick me up from, you know, Sandy Springs. I mean, you just can't make it that far. She said, I've been sitting on the road for two hours, and I haven't moved an inch. She was on her way to get our daughter, and some trucks had stopped on an incline in the back part of Milton, and she couldn't get up this road where there's this roundabout today. And and she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. We've been here two hours. We haven't moved an inch. So I kept calling, saying, hey, can you get me? Can you get me? Can you get me? After seven hours, she made it to Lionheart School, which is just eight miles from her house. After seven hours and eight miles, she made it to Lionheart. She got our daughter, but then she had to make it back. So she made the turn from, you know, down old Roswell Road and trying to get back to good old 400. And you might have remembered the day. I bet you have a day that the storm struck Atlanta. As a matter of fact, I wanted to bring this this great memory back to mind. You guys remember the news? We got a little news clip of this. 99 school buses filled with kids were still on the road at midnight. At least 2,000 other students spent the night at school. Mark Nilsson walked six miles to pick up Elizabeth at kindergarten. Georgia Governor Nathan Deal said the storm hit Atlanta harder and sooner than anyone expected. I don't blame anyone. Uh, Mother Nature has a mind of its own. But the National Weather Service told us its forecast was spot on and that they issued the first storm warning 21 hours before it started. Good to go. Oh, God bless you. Absolutely, you too. We found Jessica and Chris Hartzog handing out food and water on the interstate. Oh, oh Jessica, are you okay? Are you okay? Chris was stranded himself last night for nine hours. There were just some folks stranded, especially some, um, some pregnant folks, um, folks with uh, small children, and we were just trying to bring them some food, order. Many abandoned their cars to take shelter in stores or restaurants, including this Hardee's, where 60 people spent the night. These roads will stay frozen at least through noon tomorrow, Scott, when temperatures are expected to climb into the low 40s. Mark Strassman in Atlanta for us. Thank you, Mark. In Fulton County, nine... Yeah, you guys remember that day? I tell you, if you were caught on the road that day, maybe you got stuck, help me out, a show of hands all over the place, who was stuck in that? God bless you. That's amazing. Hands up all over the place. You know, my wife actually didn't make it home. She was stuck, frozen on the road. Spent the night. I was stuck. I didn't make it home either. Spent two days at the airport. Couldn't make it home. We were in a storm that was in a storm. We also had a little girl going through special needs. We're trying to save our, trying to save her, trying to get a better future for her so she could realize her needs. We were in a storm that was in a storm. And I'm willing to bet that some of you that are here today might be in a storm that's in a storm. You might be going through a relational storm. 
or a vocational storm. There could be something happening. Maybe you and your sister have gotten sideways or you're sideways with a dear friend, a mother, a father, a son, a daughter. Maybe the wheels have fallen off of the relationship and I can completely understand that you're in a storm. But you also can have a different storm on the side. Maybe things, maybe things aren't right in your marriage. And, you know, you haven't talked about divorce, but you have thought about how miserable you are. And so you're in a storm that's in a storm. And that can shake all of us, can it? Well, I want to join, I hope you'll join me as we study this storm. Open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read uh, for us. I don't, Jesse, I'm adding a little bit for us. But I'm going to read uh, chapter 4, verse 35 through 41 for us. It says this. That day when evening came. He said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him and a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Interesting, not just sleeping, but sleeping on a cushion. Jesus was in the storm, sleeping on this cushion, when the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. I love this passage, and I love this story. And maybe God's word is for you and I today. You're here, and you're in a storm, and maybe that's exactly the word that you need to hear. Calm down. Calm down. You say, you say Pastor, I'm, I'm here, but how do I do that? How do I calm down? That's, my, that's really my, my first point today. If you, if you have anything, how do you calm down? One, refocus your heart. Some of you have come here just to hear me say that. Refocus your heart. Now, notice I didn't say refocus your mind. I didn't say, hey, you know, just be a man. Just suck it up. You know, put your bootstraps on. I didn't say that. I said refocus your heart. Why? Because our mind can, can easily wander, but our heart, that's something you long for. You remember maybe when you, you dated someone, if you're here, you might, might not be married. You dated someone, you had a great affection for them, and you loved them. You wanted to be with them, you wanted to talk with them, you wanted to date, you wanted to go out. Or, or maybe you just love you know, your, your sister, your brother, you've got a tight relationship with them, or mom or dad. You just want to be with them. My son, Brooks. You know, he just loves being with me. I wasn't going to bring him for setup. I have to get up about 6 a.m. to come, you know, get the trailer to bring it here. My son said, Dad, I just want to be where you are. Why would Brooks say something like that to me? Because he loves me. Maybe some of us need to refocus our hearts. And it's hard to refocus your heart, though, with God unless you love him. You see, your mind may not be on God. Your mind can be on work. Your mind can be on bills. Your mind can be on your marriage. It may not be on God. But see, when God is in your heart, the minute you ask him into your life, right, it says the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and me and actually lives in us. You have the presence of God Almighty living inside of you. That is tremendous power. And yet some of us need to refocus our heart. When you refocus your heart, all of a sudden you see a storm for what it is. But when we're not focused, 
we really miss what the storm is all about. You see, we can have an adverse complaint to the storm. We can be angry. We can become bitter because our heart's not focused. Because we're not in love with God. We're in love with a job. We're in love with money. We can be in love with things. We can be uh, in love with, uh, you know, a career. We can be in love with all kind of things. But when the storm comes, if you don't have a foundation, it'll just kind of rattle you. It can rattle your home. It can rattle your family. But when you're focused, ooh. I'm going to give you some observations about this storm that you can only get with a focused heart. Listen to this. Don't miss this first observation. And and this is what comes with, with the focus of the heart. One, you have to understand that life is a mall of squalls. It says here a squall came. There wasn't just one boat. There were several boats here. Jesus is asleep on the cushion. Everyone else is having a little freak out. And what we know about the Sea of Galilee is 600 feet below sea level. So theologians say that um, quite often the wind, that cold air comes off the mountains. And that storms come up quick on the Sea of Galilee. So you need to know if you're fishing in Galilee, it can be a quick storm. But this wasn't just any storm. This was a storm that even frightened the fishermen. When the fishermen are afraid... That's some kind of storm. And that's the kind of storms that will come to you and me. Here's what I want you to know. First observation. Life is a mall of squalls. Now you might be saying, a mall of squalls. Yes. How many of you in here like to shop? We got any shoppers in the house? Oh, thank you for being honest. Jesus knows. The rest of you are just lying. You're actually at the Avalon. The Avalon is a mall. As a matter of fact, this place is a magnet. People come here from all over. Marietta, Sugar Hill, the reach of the Avalon is amazing. There's nothing here that you can't find. Whole Foods. There's furniture stores. There's clothing stores. You can buy picture frames. You name it, it's here. You can eat. You can watch a movie. It's a mall. But notice how each store is kind of tailor-made for your buying taste. Isn't it amazing how the evil one will do that to you and me? The evil one knows exactly what you want. And he will tailor a storm just for your taste. Life is a mall of squalls. Storms are going to always be coming. Why? Because with a focused heart, that believer, someone who's maturing in their faith in Jesus, will realize that Satan will tailor a storm. And if he can't get you, guess what he'll get? He'll go after your spouse. Yeah, you might be doing great. He can't get you, can't get an inch on you. He'll go after your spouse. How about this? He'll bring something into the life of your children. You might be doing the best you've ever done. And bam, it hits your kids. And you're like, no, not my kids. That's exactly what what Satan does. So this storm comes. A mature believer needs to understand that's how Satan works. It's going to come. It's inevitable. But notice this about about the reaction to Christ. Even though Jesus is in the craft, even though Jesus is in the craft, the storm still struck. Are you with me? You understand. You are going to have a storm. There's three types of of places in life. Either you're going into a storm, you're either going through a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. So you're saying things are cool right now. Man, God bless you. That is amazing. I'm so excited for you. But guess what's about to happen, friend? 
A storm is coming. I see it over the mountains, and it's coming towards you. Oh, no, 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 not me, Pastor Rick. I'm good. All right. Well, watch your boyfriend and girlfriend then, uh, young adult. All right. All right, Mom. Then watch your daughter. Watch what Satan will do here. All right. All right. I understand, sir. Watch out for your parents. Watch what happens. Because even though Jesus was in the boat, he might be in your heart, in your life, in your home. You can have Bible verses over the kitchen sink and on your bathroom mirror. The storm is still going to come. It doesn't matter how long you read your Bible. It doesn't matter how long you pray, how spiritual you are. You can speak in tongues. I don't know what you do, but the storm will still strike because even when Jesus is on the boat. It just may not hit you. It might hit someone else. Notice who was afraid. Those around him. It was those who were around him. And that's what will happen in your life. Notice this too. Even though Christ is on the craft, the disciples were still gripped with fear. I don't know about you, but that speaks to me. I, I, I hope that might speak to you. Am I the only one here that gets afraid sometimes? You know, what can happen, and I might be speaking to some ladies in the room. Sometimes we can be control freaks. Uh, we got any control freaks? I might be one. Maybe you're someone. God, uh, you know, it's not confession time, Rachel. We, we, might, we might have some control freaks in the room. You want to know what happens? A storm will come, and the result, ladies, men, is when something is out of your control, our natural reaction is to, to wig out a little bit, to have a little freak. And that's what happens on the boat right here. It's, it's kind of a, a little bit of a freak out. You see, you think uh, many times, I thought at one point that when you became a Christian, everything's going to be smooth sailing. Maybe you guys, anybody in here uh, remember Gilligan's Island? I watched Gilligan's as a little, oh yeah, yeah. You, may, you remember the line? They got on the boat for a three-hour tour. You remember that? Maybe you asked Jesus into your life and you thought it was going to be a three-hour tour. I can't sing. That's why we have Mac. God bless you, Mac. But all of a sudden, it's not a three-hour tour. A storm has struck. And you're like, man, I'm on this island. I have wrecked. I am shipwrecked. And I don't know what to do. Even when Jesus is in the craft, the storm will struck. And it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to have fears. It's very normal, actually, to do that. But here's another observation about this that I just love. Even though they had a little bit of faith, itty bitty, tiny bit of faith, Jesus still rescued them. It's not about the weight of your faith. You guys hear that? I mean, in other churches, that's just good preaching. I might even get a clap somewhere. In other churches, they would have heard that. It's not about the weight of your faith. Here's what I mean about this. I don't know if you follow MMA guys or boxing, but there's lightweights, there's middleweights, and there's heavyweights. I love the Psalms. The Psalm says that God created you and me. He knitted us in our mother's womb. And then it says, I know your frame. Let me put it another way. You know what a frame is? Guys, the first thing that comes to my mind is a truck. There's a quarter ton truck, a half ton truck, three quarters, and a ton. That can carry weight. Do you realize that your faith has weight? But it's not about your, the weight of your faith. It's that you have some. Even though they had a little bit of faith, he still rescued them. Some of you are here today and you're a quarter ton truck and that's about how much faith you have. 
As a matter of fact, you're in the boat. It's, it's kind of rocky. You're out of control at work. Maybe even your house is out of control. You may not even be in your house. Maybe you've got the boots. And so you, you're like, man, I can't handle this. You've got a little bit of faith. You're lightweight. Boo, boo. Just count double check. Maybe some of you are middleweights, right? You know enough to turn to Jesus. And so you're looking to him for answers. You've got a little bit more faith. Maybe some of you are heavyweights. So you not only turn to the local church, but you open God's word. You begin to just search. All right, God, I'm here. What are you teaching me? What do you want me to hear? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to learn? I am with you. I am listening. You speak to me. Speak to me in this storm. Speak to me through this crisis. Speak to me through this vocational issue. Speak to me through this family issue. I am listening, God. Come down on me. Maybe we got some heavyweights. It's not the weight of your faith, though. It's that you just got some. Jesus feels come when, when you just got a little bit. But, Rick, you don't understand. I still cuss. It doesn't matter that you cuss or don't cuss. It doesn't matter what your life looks like. It just matters that you come. That shows that you got a little bit of faith and not to church but to Jesus. You can be here and still not be with Jesus. You can be in a seat but still not be with the Father. You can be serving and pushing and pulling and singing and still not be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, when you come, you've got you to come with a little bit of faith. So you can come with no faith. Even the demons come with no faith. Even the evil one comes with no faith. He didn't want some of you to come here today. He's working in some of your families. He's at work. He's busy. And he has no faith. He's come. So when you come, you've got to come with a little bit of faith so that Jesus will save you. You see, but you've got to refocus your heart. See, if you're not focused, you can miss that. You'll think he doesn't come, that he doesn't care, that what's happening doesn't matter with your sister, your child, your job, what's going on in your life. And that is a lie from the evil one. He does care. He cares immeasurably. Hebrews 13, 5, he says this. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. So that's for somebody here today. Listen, Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And this isn't God's word. It's just from the Spirit. I will never leave you in that health issue. I will never leave your marriage. I will never leave your child. I will never leave your spouse. I'm still working on them. I will never leave your issue. God is speaking to somebody today. Refocus your heart. Secondly, for us to really be focused, to turn the tide, we have to understand the forms of storms. You've got to understand the forms of storms. And I've kind of hit these, so I'm just going to go over it quick. And here's what I want you to remember. One, some storms are self-inflicted. <laughs> some storms are self-inflicted. As a matter of fact, this storm wasn't self-inflicted. But am I the only one that seems to get speeding tickets? <laughs> anybody else with me? Is anybody else a speeding ticket magnet? I do four over, brother. I feel you. They get me. See, I'm from New York. Police are everywhere. You know, I've gotten cell phone tickets. Um, I was in the church parking lot. All I did was pull from one parking lot to the next, and I got a seatbelt ticket. I said, 
I, I didn't even leave the church parking lot. They said, I'm sorry, seatbelt wasn't on. It's like, you got to be kidding me. And I was irate. I was about to lose it. You know, I was all of a sudden just getting full of myself. And I felt anger coming up, you know, not a holy anger, but a, a not good anger. And, I, and then it kind of hit me. Oh, this is a self-inflicted ticket. Yeah. I didn't want to own it. I was given excuses. Some of you today are in a storm, and it is a self-inflicted ticket. You have brought it on yourself. I have brought storms on myself. And that's a storm you can't, um, you can't run from. There's storms that come from others. There are storms that come from others. You know, what comes to mind is, you know, Paul and Silas. You know, they were beaten by others. They were going through a hard time, and they were imprisoned. And it wasn't theirs. Others caused it. And some of you, maybe you've been stabbed in the back. Someone's talked about you, lied about you. In your work atmosphere, there could be someone who's difficult to deal with. And you feel like you've got a vocational storm. That's, an, that's another one. Or a relational storm. We could talk all day about relational storms, but, you know, maybe uh, someone's just hurt you. Maybe they've kind of distanced themselves from you with no reason, so you just don't understand and you're hurt. You don't understand why your sister's not returning your calls, or you don't understand why they're not calling you back or reaching out anymore. There's a relational storm. I talk about homes a lot, but many times the most difficult relational storms are in our own homes. That can be the biggest storm because they all know our weak spots. And that storm kind of comes from, it can come from nowhere. And it can come often. And maybe you're here today and you've come to a church for the first time. And you're in one of those. There's a storm in your home. And you've never told anyone about it. You can't tell your mother, your father, because you don't want them to judge your spouse. You don't have a brother or sister that you feel comfortable talking to. As a matter of fact, you might live in a subdivision with a thousand homes, but yet be lonely. And I want to tell you, you've come to a good place. Let someone help you through that storm. I'd encourage you to take out your worship guide right now and write down, Pastor, would you pray for me? Pray what's going on. I'd love to connect with you. Coffee, lunch, whatever I can do to begin turning the tide in that storm. There are health storms, and there are people here today who are going through incredibly scary health situations. And God is there. Refocus your heart and remember that he cares for you. Also, there are spiritual storms. You know, maybe you're here today and the evil one did not want you to be here. He wants you to be everywhere else but here. And there's going to be that same, uh, same situation next week. I want to invite you back. Keep putting back-to-back -back Sundays together. When you become regular, God begins working. All of a sudden, the local church is just kind of a great reminder to keep you on your prayer life and, and in your devotional life. That's why it's so important to be part of the local church. That's how you turn the tide. All of a sudden, you just put these back-to-back-to-back. -to -back -to -back. All of a sudden, your marriage picks up a little bit. Your, your children begin listening in children's church. and All of a sudden, you just notice a change. The tide turns when you make the local church a priority and not just come but then you get involved all of a sudden your kids start saying hey mom dad I'd love to I want to push that thing or will you put me on that top of that cart I want to ride that cart and then all of a sudden just things begin to pick up because as a family you're part of something bigger than yourself and they realize that God is bigger God is bigger than our problems because we're bigger than something of ourselves see when we are the center of our universe we think that we're drowning 
But when you're a part of something bigger than yourself, you realize God is bigger than this storm. He can calm the winds. He can calm the rain. But you have to be a part of something bigger than yourself to, re- to remember that. So, first thing we need to remember, refocus our hearts. Verse 39, and this is the one I just really went through. Verse 39 tells us, he said, he got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Number two is, is you got to remember your power. So it's really the power of Christ. Without Christ, we have no power. You can turn the tide the moment you lean on Jesus and you ask him into your life. See, when you're a part of that, it's bigger than yourself. All of a sudden, that power works through you. It works in your home. It works in your relationships. When you take that power to work, gentlemen, and not put it in a box, when you take Jesus out of the box and he lives in you and through you, he works on the man down the hall who's just Mr. Bitter. He works on the lady down the hall who just can't be pleased. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, when you remember the power of Jesus, that is your power, the power of Jesus. The tide begins to turn. Lastly, recharge your faith. We see that in verses 40 and 41. It says this. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Recharge your faith. Let me ask you that question. Do you still have no faith? You're going to leave here today and you're going to have three reactions. One, one, let's crank up the boat. The first thing you do, my family and I, we had to crank up a boat last week. When we crank up the boat, it said, you know what happens? When our boat, when our motor gets turned, we want to run. (laughs) Say that with me. Say, run. Go ahead. Make a fool of yourself. Just go there because you'll remember it. Don't run. When the storm comes, you can't outrun God. Matter of fact, it was, it was probably six years ago, my family and I were returning from Gulf, uh, Gulf Shores, uh, Alabama. And as we left, we were about 45 minutes outside Gulf Shores, two tornadoes touched down on both sides of our car. And I thought I could outrun it. And that's what happens in your life. You think, oh man, a tornado's touched down in my life, in my health, with my work, with, my, with this issue. And you think, I'm going to run. You can't do it. The only thing you can do is run, run to God. Run to God, not run towards controlling the issue. The first thing, give God the keys to the boat. God, you're in charge. This is your boat. And then you begin praying, begin reading your Bible, get involved with a serve team, jump into a small group, and all of a sudden let other people help you through it. Then all of a sudden, you invite Jesus into that craft. He begins to control it, not you control it, and amazing things begin to happen. Or you can kind of resign yourself. You're either going to run or you're going to get resigned. How many of you know anybody who's like an Eeyore personality? You know Eeyores? Oh, here's the storm. I'm going to get wet. I better put on my suit. I got a lesson to learn. Let me take notes. They're just kind of resigned that it's coming. You ever met someone like that? Well, it's like everything's a matter of a fact. You know? I mean, it's going to happen. Let me get my umbrella. You know? I, I don't really get that. But when you, it's called go through the motions. When you kind of resign to it, your heart's not in it. That's a sign that you're not refocused. See, when you're really focused on God, 
all of a sudden you're like, all right, there's a lesson here. Let me batten down the hatches. Let me pull out an ump. I got to step up my prayer life. I might even have to fast and pray through this storm. So you're not resigned to it. You're not just, oh, here's another one. Let me turn on the weather channel. Right? You know those people just ride out hurricanes? (laughs) Right? I'm going to stay back. Here's another one. You're just so used to it. Or, and then there's those people who resent it. Can I tell you something about jerks? We all know one. Some of us here can be one. Jerks are people who resent storms. They're going through one and they're just mad. They're mad that they have to go through it. And here's what I want you to remember as I close. What you're going through, you're going through. What you're going through, you are going through. You're going to come through. There was a time in my life I was going through a storm. I I didn't know if I could go through. Have you ever been there? Five years ago, um, I lost my brother suddenly. We were very close, my little brother. I'm 40. He'd be 36 today. Um, He died just suddenly. He took some pain medication and choked in his sleep, and he was gone. And I hadn't seen him for about a year, so I didn't get to tell him goodbye. And then six months later, my mother passed away, suddenly. And when you lose a mother and a brother in six months, it just kind of shakes you, right? It shook me to my core. And I'm a pastor. I just started a new church outside New York City, and I thought, I got this. I'm praying, I'm studying my Bible, and I'm inviting God in. Something would just hit me. I'd be driving, and it'd come over me, and I'd just start uncontrollably crying. I'd have to pull over, and I'd just cry for like 10 minutes. And if you get to know me, I'm just a crier. It's just what I do. I just cry. You know, I I cry in, you know, McFarland. I cried at the end of that movie. Who cries in McFarland? I cried in McFarland. Well, I pulled over, and I cried for 10 minutes. 10 minutes turned to 15. One day turned into two. One week turned into two weeks. I couldn't get through. I couldn't see it through the other side. And the reason I couldn't see it through the other side is because I thought, I got this. I really wasn't talking to God about it. I wasn't talking to my family about it. And one day, I began talking to Rachel, who's a marriage and family therapist. One day, I started talking to God about it, who's the God of all things. One day, I began asking for help and shared it with my church. I said, guys, I am struggling. Would you please pray for me? I don't know if I can get through this. And people carried me through. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you need someone to carry you through. And that's what I'd like to ask you right now. Max is going to come lead us in a little chorus. And maybe you're just like me. Maybe today's a day where you need someone to carry you through. Is today that day for you? You need to be carried through? I don't know what's happening in your life or what the storm is. But I pray that today, that this church and this pastor and this staff, these people could be people to carry you through. And so I'd like to say a prayer for you right now. Let's pray. God, we come to you on a day, uh, a big day of celebration. And we pray, Father, that you would help us in this storm. Lord, give us a surge of your power to not just tread water, but to be rescued. We know that you rescue us. Give us a little bit of faith, Lord. We, We hold our hands up to you and we cry out, Lord, rescue us, 
rescue us. Lord, rescue our marriages. Lord, rescue our concerns. Lord, rescue our fears. Lord, rescue our doubts. Lord, rescue our children. Rescue our families. Maybe you're here today, and I can't put my finger on it, but the Holy Spirit's brought an area, and you think it needs to be rescued. Would you just be so honest right now with every eye closed? Would you just say, hey, pastor, there's something I need to rescue. Would you just slip up your hand right now and just let me know? I'd love to pray for your hand. I see you, ma'am. I see you, ladies. All over the place, ladies. God bless you for your honesty. God bless you, ladies. Wow, let me pray for you. I see you, young man. Lord, you see these hands all over the place. I'm just blown away, especially the ladies in this room. Lord, you see the hand that's coming up, and it's like it's coming out of the water. And I pray that you'd reach down, Lord, and that you'd rescue the situation, that you'd meet them at the point of their need. Lord, I pray for their rescue, the rescue for that issue. I pray, Lord, for their faith, for a little bit more faith so they won't go under. Lord, help them get through, and I pray that you'd speak loudly and clearly. Others of you, you're here today, and I'm just going to be honest. You can't get a rescue unless you put Christ in your craft. If Christ isn't in your craft, you can't go to heaven. You see, Jesus said, I'm the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. No one gets to the Father through this situation, through this crisis. Unless you come through me. I want to invite some of you today. Ask Jesus in your craft. And you can do so with a prayer just like this. Everybody in this room, I don't care if you have been a believer your whole life. Would you just out loud say this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, I invite you into my craft. Come into my life. Come into my home. Save me. Rescue me. Lord, I give you the keys to my life. Use me. Lead me. Guide me. Today and forever. I turn from my sin. And I turn to you. Here I am. Save me. Hey, you look up here. I just want to ask you. If you've ever prayed that for the very first time, would you be brave? Would you be bold? Jesus died on the cross for all to see. Would you be brave? Would you be bold? Would you lift your hand up and say, I just ask him to rescue me for the very first time. Anybody. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. And other churches, there'd be a clap. God bless you. God bless you all over the place. Anybody else, if you pray that, would you be bold? Jesus, the Savior of the world, the rescue for me and my home and my family. And quite honestly, the one who rescues children. The one I'm leaning on to save my little girl. He can save you. I believe that with all I am. Here's what I ask you to do. You were given a worship guide. If you haven't torn off, tear this off now. I want to ask you to check that card. Say, I just prayed that prayer for the first time. In just a moment, it's going to, offering plate's going to be passed. And I want you to put the offering, uh, put this in there. That can be your offering to us today. I'd love just to give you a, a text or an email. See how I can pray for you. See if there's anything I can do for you. I want to encourage you. I want to help. If there's anything I can do to help you. Max, would you just lead us in a chorus? And sing to my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou.
for coming. Ushers, if y'all would grab the buckets and come on forward and as you're making your way forward, don't forget when they come around just to peel, peel off your tab that you filled out and drop it in the bucket. We're so excited you guys are here. Obviously, I was closing my eyes during the prayer, but it sounds like God was moving in your lives and whoever it was that accepted Christ, that is, it made my day. It always makes me thrilled and excited and cry just a little bit of happy tears. I'm a crier, too. I guess our whole family's criers. But anyway, happy tears. Um, and so uh, congratulations to you. A uh, few announcements, but we're going to say the offering prayer first, and then I will send them out to collect the cards. God, you are awesome. You are amazing. You are the giver of all things. Everything we have comes from you, God. And we thank you for every blessing that you have given us, not in comparison to other people, but just receiving what it is that you've given us and where we are, and I pray that today that we just give back a portion to you and that we, um, we do so joyfully just knowing that you desire all to come to a saving relationship with you, and may this money be used to do that locally, uh, statewide, countrywide, and worldwide. Thank you, Lord, so much that you are faithful. In your name, amen. All right, a couple of announcements. Um, if you got the mailer uh, and you brought it with you, or if you didn't get one, we have some out there. But what you need to do is turn it in at the hospitality uh, table, and you will get to choose between a T-shirt and a cup. If you're like me, you love free stuff. So anyway, turn that in, and you can get your, uh, your pick between a shirt and a cup. Um, also, another way that we can make a difference, it's a very simple, it's just a touch of your finger every time you're at Avalon, not just today, if you will check in at Encounter Church, um, if you do that for every eight check-ins, every month we change or they change, it's an organization called Causely, and they donate to different uh, areas of the world that are struggling or in poverty. So this uh, this month, we are giving bricks to build schools um, in another country, and you can actually get on uh, their website and find out more about them. But take out your phones before you leave, or anytime you come shopping, just check in at Encounter Church, and you'll help just by doing that. They actually uh, will donate money to that or to an organization. Also, uh, free lunch today, more free stuff, lunch today right after a service. We have sub sandwiches, drinks, chips. We'd love for you to have lunch on us and visit, and we'd love to get to know you better. Um, also, let's give a hand to all those people that set up this morning. Y'all got here really early. Um, and uh, if you think about it uh, and you go to pick up your kids, just say thank you to the children's workers who uh, give of their time and they miss out on worship because they want to teach the children a little more about Jesus. Um, also, if you are interested in being a part or learning more about being a part of Encounter Church and you want to serve in any way, you want to head back here, right? Are we heading here towards Jesse or are we heading toward Matt? 
All right, head toward Mac right here, the guy with the awesome singing voice. Head toward Mac, and he can let you know what you need to do to get plugged in. We also want to invite you back for next week. We'd love to see you again next week for Storm Surge Part 2. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great week. Good to go.